We want your penis. We're just tired of everything that comes with it. <laughs> Welcome to Ripsies Family, Family Fun all right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Crypties Family Fun Night, the weekly show where we gather together, talk about our favorite movies, and play some fun games. I'm your host, Chase Will. Lucas Liner, the managing editor for Crypties. Hi, I'm Robin Luddite. I'm Monty Adams. I'm Sean Wheeler. And we're joined today by a very special guest. You might know him as Uncle Creepy. He's the founder of Dread Central. <laughs> He's a Yorkie enthusiast, and he is the lieutenant of the Hatchet Army. Ladies and gentlemen, no, 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 if you no, wanted no. the best, no, 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 you got no, the no. best. No, 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 no. Oh. No. 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 I am not the lieutenant, sir. I started the Hatchet Army. I am the motherfucking general. <laughs> oh! <laughs> okay? And that, that comes from Adam himself, who's texting me in the other window about Yorkie-thon. But I'll, that, hey, that shit. Came from here, along with a lot of other stupid <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, General Steve Barton. Let's give it up. Woo! <laughs> I'll drink to that. So how are you doing, man? I'm good, man. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's been a, it's been a, my cat says hi. I don't know if you hey, heard kitty. that. Hi, kitty cat. Um, it, it's been a long, arduous eight months, and I'm just happy to be doing anything at this point that doesn't involve me just sitting here pining for the days when humans were free-range animals. Yeah. And I have a stupid hat on, just for you. Like <laughs> okay, got a drinking game, drinking game. Every time the hat makes a noise or lights up, you gotta take a drink. You mean this shit? Yeah. <laughs> take a drink. I knew there was a reason that I put iced coffee and put peanut butter whiskey in it. I knew there was a reason for that. <laughs> oh, I got a bottle sitting next to me here, man. I'm ready. That'll work. We're discussing Gremlins, next 84 film. It came out on the same date, if I'm not mistaken, as... Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, shit, yeah. It was actually the fourth top-grossing movie of 1984 as well. Behind Ghostbusters, Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom, Beverly Hills Cop, and then Gremlins. There we go. <laughs> How many no fact-checkers does it take? <laughs> I'm not Wikipedia, man. I'm the guy that cheats from Wikipedia. You know what's, you know what's funny? It's like... A lot of friends out here of mine in LA have always been like, oh, dude, you got to come do horror trivia. You got to come do horror trivia. And I'm like, I watch this shit for fun. I don't want to be competitive. I, I yes, <laughs> I know a lot of like ridiculous, like you could ask me what like seven times like five is and I'll count on my, my hands. But I could tell you Friday the 13th part two was filmed in Kent, Connecticut. I don't know why I know that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's just, but I, I hate like, like going and putting on that hat. You know what I mean? I just, and plus I'm not a competitive dude. I just want to chill out and have fun, man. That's the way to be. Are you talking about that hat or you have, must have many hats. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anybody have any opening thoughts on Gremlins? We all watched it, right? Mm -hmm. I'm assuming we're supposed to watch no, it. No, I'm, I'm here cold. Had over 30 before. years. Uh... <laughs> Gremlins? Fun, man. I, I, I really like Gremlins. Gremlins is one of those few movies that you watch as a kid and you're like, oh, that was awesome. And then you watch it as an adult and you're like, wow, that was fucking dark. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I watched it. I watched it this afternoon with my fiance um, just to, because I haven't seen it probably four or five years. And I was like, 
shit, some of this would not fly even today. I mean, given how the movie was marketed, we'll get into that later, but like some of it would just not fly. Like the scene Very where the, talking about the hypothetical dog murder for one, like the, the old lady's introduction. Yeah. He's like, "You're yeah, that... come near me because I will fucking murder it." I'm like, "Jesus Christ!" And dude, I I I popped hard when Barney came over the fucking counter and just attacked. I'm like, "Yeah, I did it!" Like I felt like I was at a WWE show or some shit. <laughs> dude, I'm a big fan of just the the Christmas Santa tragedy story. Just because it's like I am so I have such a lamentation for sappy Christmas movies, and I'm like, thank you, a Christmas movie showing the family falling apart at Christmas. What Jesus would have wanted. <laughs> Jesus was a very seriously dysfunctional family. I mean, his parents didn't even get laid to make him. <laughs> How much more dysfunctional could you get than that? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, come on. He was 30 years old, living at home. Mothers thought he was God's gift. <laughs> and he did a lot of wiggling. A lot of wiggling. Uh, forgive us, Lord. He had 12 followers. They were all men. Should we be concerned? <laughs> Everything I take part in goes straight to hell, so I feel right at home. It's good. <laughs> this thing started there. It's just doing, like, laps around the parking lot or some shit. <laughs> no, we're, we're taking the spiral to the ninth level. There, mm. <laughs> there you go. Where else? So the movie. Do you guys have any uh, favorite parts throughout? Lucas? I, being that I was a drag performer for three years, I popped for the drag grind and the bar scene. I don't know why of everything in this movie that that stood out to me. But I'm like, like my fiance again that pointed out like, wait, does that gremlin have a wig? I'm like, oh shit, it does. And list it. Oh my god, drag gremlin. Literally, I wrote in my notes, drag gremlin in all caps. So that's just all I had to say there. So, John, like, I like the fact that the gizmo torture, I mean, I find it hilarious, like, particularly when they're throwing knives at him, but more to the fact that it was put in there because the gizmo was smaller. So it broke down so much that the technicians hated it. So they made a list of what they wanted to do to the damn gizmo. <laughs> and they picked one from the list and put it in the movie. And that's the knife throwing scene. And I'm like, that's delightful. <laughs> that crew was so pissed. They're like, give us a revenge move. Burn it, burn it. Well, nowadays, though, it would all be done with CGI. And it wouldn't be anywhere near. Actually not. The, uh, they're for, they just announced for three, he's planning to use all practical effects if he can. For three? Uh huh. You really think we're gonna get there? They've been promising three for like fucking twenty years now. Dude. <laughs> Is it gonna well, there's a director attached now who's actually working on it, so we'll see. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think they call that uh, development hell, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Is that where it's yep. Right now. Mm -hmm. Like purgatory. So by the time <laughs> I like have students. kids and they're adults, they're gonna see Gremlins three. That, that's where Just all like good intentions go to die. <laughs> it's like he was saying, everything he starts goes to hell. We started the conversation, the project went to hell. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Was our destination all along? Uh... That's gone fast, my dear. <laughs> I just almost took a sip of my candle. I want you to know that. <laughs> oh, no. Don't threaten us with a good time. Oh, my God. We killed Creepy. You bastards. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a hat and everything, too. Just I know. Pull the hat down. This is how I go out. Looking like this, <laughs> whatever. 
could be worse. <laughs> Better than naked in a hotel room, but only by like a little bit. Says you, man. That depends what was going on <laughs> in that hotel room, Lucas. Right. You don't need to know. You don't know my life. No. You can die in the toilet of a hotel room like Elvis. Oh, uh, shit. Yeah, no. Oh, shit is right. <laughs> 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 Steve, do you have any favorite parts of the movie? Uh, you know, there, there's so much. That is one of those movies for me that you just turn it on and it's pure magic. Everything from the music to the look of it to the way it was lit, you know, it, it's just... It screams Christmas movie, and then it turns into this absurd thing with tiny monsters, and you're just like, "This is the greatest thing I've ever watched, man!" You know, I, I I think, I think if I had to pick a favorite, like Sean said, it's the dad dying in the in the chimney, man. I, I just I don't know what it is about that scene, whether it be the fact that it's the biggest downer of the movie and so out of place, but yet so in place. It, it was just a really, I think, ballsy move by the filmmaker to, to just include that and, and bring everybody down in the middle of all this raucous fun. You know what I mean? I, I just love that. I just love that idea. I thought, I thought it was really well done. I mean, and of course, I love all the monster stuff, man. I know I was doing a little bit of research and from reading, they almost took that scene out of the movie Mm-hmm. And they thought because they thought it was too dark. They they went from this movie being ridiculously dark, and then they dialed it back repeatedly. And they almost took that scene out. And the only reason they didn't is because the director said that it is like the that that one scene in the movie kind of defines the whole movie. Yeah, it's the heart of the film. It it really is. You know, I mean, everything revolves around that one moment, and and that it's just it, it's masterful, wonderfully implemented. And ballsy for its time, too, you know? I feel like tonally, the movie shouldn't have even worked the way it kind of jumps back and forth between, like, dark... Genres. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it should Like, have family worked. to horrors. Like, whoa, okay. <laughs> I, I, think I think that's the reason the movie did work, honestly. Yeah. Because they, they built up the scene. They built up that Christmas scene, like you guys mentioned. And then they tore it all down. And they build it back up again. And they tear it down. It's that, yeah. that dichotomy. Gremlins is one of those the movies that could fit into numerous boxes. You know, it takes a lot of categories. And, you know, it, it's just, again, it's just one of those movies. It was just like all the elements came together and created magic. And we're all the better for having gremlins in this world because then we wouldn't have had ghoulies. We wouldn't have had critters. We wouldn't have had all those fucking cool ass low budget movies that came out after it trying to be gremlins, you know? And, it's just, it, it'll it always have a place. I love movies that like spawn a subgenre, you know? When, when yeah. something that good that everyone has to emulate it and no matter what their intentions are, they can't quite get it. It's like The Exorcist. Now you may be saying to yourself, why is he talking about The Exorcist on Christmas? I actually have a story about that. But, you know, The Exorcist, it, it's ruined the possession subgenre. You know, there's no one who's ever going to make a movie or a, a TV show or anything that's as visceral as what we saw in The Exorcist because it was done so well that it can't be reproduced, man. It's just right there. So, you know, when, when someone's making a, a, a possession movie, it's like, can we go too far 
you know, is it too exorcist or do we have to dial it back to make sure it, it has its own identity? And Gremlins very much is in that same vein because a lot of those movies that came after it, like Critters and even Gremlins 2 to a certain extent, you know, it, nothing, it, they, they just so heavily borrowed from that movie. And it, it's just one of those seminal films that everyone, no matter any Christmas comedy made after Gremlins owes a nod to Gremlins in some way, shape, or form. And that's just the way it is. I also liked all the movie references within Gremlins, too. Like, you guys notice on the background of almost, like, every couple scenes you'd see a reference to a different movie? Mm -hmm. There was It's oh, Wonderful yeah. Life. There was The Howling. Was it The Howling, I believe? Mm -hmm. uh, there was Indiana Jones, I believe, was referenced in the uh, Radio Guys poster. Mm -hmm. Like, all across the movie, so many other references. Road Warriors. Was that in? I didn't see that. It's one of one of his posters that you only see like from a certain angle in his room when he's standing up. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> see, it's the movie that keeps on giving, man. You can go back <laughs> to it now and notice something new that you've never seen before. One of the things I, I really like about the movie, in particular, is uh, the mom and her encounter with them, simply because. Um, it doesn't show her to be a cowering character. I mean, she goes badass. They eventually, you know, start getting the better of her, but she just goes hard at them. And so often you see that maternal uh, <laughs> parrot, you know, it's just used as like a relief or a quick kill or the person running away in a scary movie. And I'm like, yeah, no, give her that power. Like, make her a bit of a badass. I love that. No, and, and, that, and that's a really good point, too, because, you know, after Alien came out, I know it sounds like I'm all over. I kept place. thinking that the whole movie too. <laughs> After Alien came out, you know, it, it, it opened the door for women to stop just being the victim and to fight back. And sorry, man, I, I don't know how many people feel this way out there, but women are human beings, you know? They could do anything feels that I could do. Yeah, fucking right. You know, anything. They don't even need men. They could use anything as a, anyway, I'm not going <laughs> to. Steve, Steve, don't tell You get what I'm saying, man. <laughs> I'm, gonna this fucking well, I'm picking up what you're putting down, but like. <laughs> they think they need Steve. Speaking of women, Robin, what is your favorite part of the movie? That was one of my favorite parts because it was like the whole, like, you know, Freddy Krueger with Nancy just being able to kind of outsmart him and then just determined to overcome him like she just didn't try running away and she killed like five of them or so <laughs> you know like she, she, the one killed the one guy seen before that immediately and he was up against the one and you know so I thought the blunder part was insane too like that was definitely not a kid friendly part <laughs> with the green blood splattering all over the kitchen <laughs> Which is funny because they, I was seeing in, in the special features that the idea for the film came from a bunny cartoon. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the kills of the gremlins literally are like most over the top Bugs Bunny, like Wiley Coyote Roadrunner, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You want to hear a funny story about George Romero? Yes. Do it. <laughs> George and I became very close over the years. And uh, he and I had had many conversations about zombie movies and the way he chooses to dispatch his zombies. 
And uh, George, oh man, he had this cool, when I went up to Canada to do the survival of the dead commentary with him, we were sitting on it. Number one, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta take a drink. (laughs) (sighs) Anyway, uh, we were talking about that and he said to me, you know, Steve, one of the biggest things about my my zombie movies is the fact that zombies are the coyote in my movies they're always the coyote and the humans are the road runners and he goes i've spent so many times he has a whole book and i'm describing the size of the book like anyone gives a fuck but he has a whole book and in it is just different ways he's written down that he wants to kill a zombie And and you see that in Survival of the Dead. I mean, there's a lot of really campy kills, especially the head thing in the beginning of the movie when it just lands. It's just that that was George. George celebrated silliness and Gremlins celebrated silliness. And I, I think to a certain degree, the world is so fucked up, you know, it really is. So when we have a moment to see something that's so absurdly silly. We relish those moments and that's how they become endearing to us. Because at the end of the day, we can laugh at the situation and at ourselves. And, you know, nowadays, especially this year, we really could use some fucking laughs. So to turn on something like Gremlins and just chill out and go back to a simpler time when everything was A to B and it was just unpredictable, but fun. You just, you can't beat that. And that's that's why that is the sign of a classic. It really is. The Looney Tunes aspect of Gremlins is awesome. E- even very intentional, considering it was Warner Brothers too. So I mean, there is that. I thought that too with the bar bad. scene when she was just sc- struggling to like keep them like like her their cigarettes lit and stuff. Like the fact she dealt with it for so long. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she could, like, there was like, <laughs> she could have very easily just like run out and just, right and nope, she just stop. kept doing you know, it yeah. <laughs> but instead is like trying to fill pictures and light cigarettes and i'm like holy shit i do not deserve you interesting note like about that too. scene uh one of her screams was actually real because apparently a giant cockroach crawled out somewhere on the set and scared the crap out of her so one of her screams is not acting it's her reacting to a giant cockroach i don't blame her man i hate bugs fuck those things yeah agreed and now for a word from our sponsor Introducing Crypt Please. This holiday season, make isolation fun again. One thing I liked about it too is that discovering the ways to kill the gremlins, like there was no there was no book of lore, there was no Sam Loomis yeah. character. It was like discovered by the main characters as they went. I mean, there were of course the rules in the beginning, but you don't find out the repercussions of breaking the rules until they do it. It's not mm-hmm. something that's so easily spelled out through exposition. It's not something that's just in your face, shoved at you. It's, you, it's fun to watch. Can you imagine, since you brought that up, if Gremlins had like a Sam Loomis? I shot him six times. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have gotten him wet. You know, it, it just it, it, that would have been. Come to your town. 
Wow. On the topic on the topic of shooting, I must have missed a part. Like I was looking away for a second, at, and I'm skipping ahead a little bit here, but it, I'm we're going off it. Is how did I miss how Stripe or the like the big bad the punk one got a gun at the end? I'm like, <laughs> what the he rocked her. <laughs> I look up and then I just see him shooting it. That was a Billy. I'm like, wait a minute, what the fuck did he get a gun? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the unpredictability of it, man. That's what makes it awesome. Well, it's well, also, like the I also want to point out. Go ahead. I also want to point out, and I'm sorry. There's like a holiday celebration thing happening in the town that I'm in, and I could hear like over megaphones and shit. There's a little like parade going through. T- I live in a tiny little town, and there's a little parade, so I can hear holiday music all around, like outside. And I'm like, I did, I forgot that this was happening, but I'm like, I didn't plan on this, but I'm hearing fucking dashing through this, like shit like that as we're doing this. So I guess we're a little more festive than I thought. <laughs> That's you're gonna go out there with like a pitcher of water. Like I told you, damn kids. It's gonna be crazy. <laughs> Can you imagine she got all those wet though? <laughs> oh yeah. <she's- laughs> right. I have so many comments. So many. Oh comments. no. <laughs> so let me let me ask you guys. When when it comes to Christmas movies that you want, being a, I'm assuming obviously you're all big horror fans. When it comes to Christmas time. You know what? It, obviously, Gremlins it has to be a go-to movie for everyone, correct? I mean, I, I can't think of a few movies that I don't want to watch around Christmas more than I want to see Gremlins. But what are your other go-tos? Because sometimes it doesn't have to necessarily be a, a Gremlins movie, or even a even just a or Christmas horror. movie. Just something you watch traditionally every year. What are your tra- What are your Christmas tradition movies? Saw two. <laughs> no, it's the, conti- um, it's the continuing story of Kevin McAllister, Jigsaw. With, a- I can see that. Oh my God. With my family, uh, we always watch at some point It's a Wonderful Life. However, with my friends, because I have friends I watch movies with all the time, uh, it's often, besides Gremlins, obviously, uh, Die Hard and uh, Batman Returns. Yes. I will die on a hill. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. If there is a Christmas tree at any point in a movie, it is a Christmas movie. That's a rule. <laughs> Batman Returns is fucking scary, man. Danny DeVito's portrayal of the penguin, that's goddamn nightmarish. Yeah. You know, it really is. It's like you watch that and you're like, how did he even get away with this? I, I love Oh, when he bites that guy in the face, I, I mean I remember seeing that as you know a, a relatively little kid in the theater, and I was like, Holy hell. You know who <laughs> you know who, who the son of the mayor was in Batman Returns? Uh, no. Christopher Walken. Nope. Well well Christopher oh. Walken was the mayor, but his son oh, okay. actually Andrew Bernarski, who played Leatherface in the Texas Chainsaw remake. <laughs> That's early Bernard. Well, fuck that. I'm not in historian mode. Where's my hot shot? See, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's on your mug? The Frankenstein monster, baby. Ooh, all right. And my Frankenstein ring. And uh, I have. Uh, Multiple Frankenstein's up there. I'm a big Frankenstein dude. I see that. Well, that. That's awesome. <laughs> Would you agree that Bride of Frankenstein is the best one in that series? Yes. <laughs> I would. 
I would, if only for absurdity's sake. There's so many little things about Bride of Frankenstein that are, number one, it's comedic. It, there's Dr. Pretorius and those little fucking people in the jars. It's such a weird fucking movie, man. It's great. I love it. I love the acting. It's just so, so dramatic where she's just like, ah. <laughs> like can't beat it. Yeah, man. <laughs> as far as Christmas movies, um, It's a Wonderful Life is one of my favorites. I love Jimmy Stewart. That and uh, A Christmas Story. It's very 80s and very Cleveland and you can't mm -hmm. not watch it every year. <laughs> no, It's a Wonderful Life. I got to point out, I was watching with my dad a couple weeks ago because it's our traditional movie that we watch together. And I, there was some stuff in there that I'm like, I don't think they can make this movie again. It's pretty, oh, no. pretty left of center stuff. Like without Jimmy Stewart in her life, the girl she later, he later marries would have been an old <laughs> spinster who no one ever loved, who have been sad. Like all these people, their lives have been tra tragically changed. I'm like, mm -hmm. what kind of self-important hallucinating asshole is this guy? <laughs> well, I, I mean, that, but at the same time, when you have stuff in there like, you don't see a lot of movies touching on poisoning children. Yeah, uh, an accident though. Right? <laughs> they front loaded that movie. Thought that, was <laughs> that was an accident, but yeah. <laughs> was it an accident? He lost a son. Someone else had to lose a son. Accident, but like, but he, yeah, because he was, yeah. I think he else? got caught and you played know. it off really well. <laughs> okay, so what's your go to Christmas horror movie? Lucas? I have to. I would have to say, oh, that's a hard one. The one that I think of, but I haven't seen it, and I'm gonna lose. I'm gonna take some shit for this. The one that I enjoy, but I haven't seen, but the concept of it is Santa's sleigh, with Bill Goldberg as like Goldberg. the Satanic Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. Goldberg is fun in that movie. Oh, I've I've seen clips of it. I've watched like the a couple of reviews of it. I know uh, Wrestling with Regret did one a few years ago and just the zaniness of it and of course i popped when he spears the dude through the deli counter because i'm a wrestling nerd so it was like hey he did his finish well part of it well, um yeah. he didn't and, jack anybody to my knowledge though i don't remember that which he fucked to choke slam motherfucker in the marine i'm getting off course i'll come <laughs> back but if he choke slam somebody in the marine and john Cena never did a fucking choke slam in 17 18 years in wrestling we should have had a jackhammer in Santa's sleigh, god damn it. Mm. Anyway, but movie that I have seen and adore, original Black Christmas, yes. 74. Love the one. The better of the three. You know, I remember, it's funny you bring up Black Christmas. The, the, Bob Clark, you know, God love him. I mean, Christmas story, everything. He's, Bob Clark was an amazing filmmaker, but years removed from it coming out i really started liking the remake of black christmas black xmas or whatever they want to call it it's mm -hmm. such a fucking mean movie it's, it's just gruesome mean. yeah like they eat yeah. eyeballs they make cookies out of skin that's some fucked up yeah thing. dude it, it really just after incest, a while I heavily, was like, well, there wasn't wasn't there a scene of incest or it was like heavily implied could be. I, I mean, and the guy gets killed by being impaled on a Christmas tree. I mean, you can't fucking. Which is one of the best kills. Well, <laughs> me on that, but 
that's such a fun movie. I, I, you know, I found myself putting that on sometimes even before the original. And I know that's sacrilegious, but maybe it's because I've seen the original so many times and I'm just starting to develop a love of that remake in particular. I don't know. Did you Weird. see the uh, latest reboot, Steve? Hmm? Did you see the latest reboot? Oh, yeah. Well, Let's first of all, I watch everything. It's the horror fan's curse. I know it's going to be bad, but I'll still watch it. <laughs> I've taken many a bullet for people over the years watching really shitty movies and warning people off. Many a fucking bullet. I have the scars. <laughs> um, that was just a shitty movie. It was just, I mean, I get it. You know, it, it came out of the time when, you know, finally women were being empowered in the right ways, but it almost felt like an experiment than a whole cohesive movie. Because if you think about it, none of it really made any sense. You got these people in this fraternity and blah, blah, blah. And it just, it was a great idea, a really interesting approach, but it was just a ham-fisted execution of it, I think, you know? Overall, I, I enjoyed it. I went reviewing for the site. So that's there if somebody wants to see it and then give me shit online like I got a lot from a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um. I do agree it was looking back now as well like it wasn't the cleanest execution by any stretch I like I say I enjoyed it part of my enjoyment I think and I'll admit here really that did come from the hate that it got and people being like this movie is like hates men it's like well no it doesn't but like it, that's if that's your takeaway you're you're missing something I agree I absolutely agree. It's not that the movie hate, hated men. You know, I'm all for guys getting it just as bad as women. You know, I'm an equal opportunity fucking kill people, motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was just some of the dialogue was just so on the nose. I mean, it just, there were things about it that just didn't work. And they trimmed it from an R to a PG-13. And they, they were very happy with the PG-13 cut. And I think that really fucking hurt the movie in a big way. And I'm shocked we haven't seen the R-rated version surface on video or anything. They like were supposed to do like an R-rated or an unrated cut on home video. I remember reading they were like throwing it around and it was gonna be like substantially longer too, not just like one, two minutes, like a lot of unrated cuts, but like several minutes added back in. And then when they released it on home video, they, it was just, nope, it's the original and a couple of related scenes and I'm like, Okay, yeah, that they sucks. It. it didn't do well, so they dumped it. And, and that's just, that's the unfortunate reality of things sometimes. You guys remember back in the early 2000s, the DVDs, they would have the movie come out, the R-rated version, and then like a month later, the unrated cut with like another minute of extras. <laughs> yeah. Like another boob. I that bought it. I bought um, every fucking one. <laughs> <laughs> so... There's actually not so much a Christmas movie, but there's a winter horror film that I do tend to revisit every year. I really do enjoy Let the Right One In. Mm. Love that one. Ooh. Oh, that part of it took place at Christmas, didn't it? Mm -hmm. I kind of remember like Christmas lights for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it takes place over winter and it takes place over a, a longer period of time. So, I mean, it's yeah, Christmas. Christmas could be in there, but it's not really more of a Christmas-themed <laughs> horror film. Like, there, oh. I don't think it fits that genre as well. It's just a very winter 
uh, mm -hmm. horror film. But you know, winter is a lot more than just Christmas, and I, I just kind of visit it the bleak February days. <laughs> I mean, by Chase's metric earlier, if there's a Christmas tree, there's it's a horror movie. So was there a Christmas tree showing? I haven't seen it again. I'm gonna get shit for it, but <laughs> you know what I wanted. Uh, speaking of Christmas trees and winter and movies, is I wanted Game of Thrones in the last episode. It would have redeemed the entire. I've seen. Would have redeemed the entire. Would it have? Season. Just add a Christmas tree. <laughs> they had a Starbucks <laughs> cup. Why the fuck not? It would have been a Christmas thing, show. My favorite thing about you know the Game of Thrones, well, the last few episodes, maybe with the exception of the last episode was that all those families who had no idea named their children their children Khaleesi and shit, and all of a sudden she's like this mass fucking murderer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, smart move there, kid. You regret that? At least they had named their kid like Joffrey or something, because that would have had a whole lot more connotations to it. I fucking hated that kid. <laughs> kid would be a motherfucker. Oh, kind. My God. <laughs> Thinking about favorite Christmas movies, have you guys seen this one? Oh, God. I have it. I have not watched it, but I have it on my shelf somewhere. You need to get off this fucking call and put that on. <laughs> <laughs> Go watch it. Come back. Apologize. <laughs> One of those that movies, movie. they, they tried to remake it here in America, too, because it's a French, oh. is it a French film? I think it's French. Yes. Uh, they tried to remake it here, and the remake was goddamn awful, just like the remake of Martyrs was goddamn awful. That's what right. her. Oh. Uh, yeah, America, the American movie system does not need to remake foreign horror films. They do it good. fine. <laughs> Never again. They're, and now they're trying to remake Parasite. I'm like, and I, I'm Why? looking forward to reporting yeah. back on Chinese horror when remaking, I go over there. You're remaking Parasite. That's cool. Fucking Trump is going to go live in the floor of the White House. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> no, but, but inside, man, that. I, I first time I saw Inside, I was laying in bed because you know my girlfriend would go to bed early because she has to get up in the morning and go to work, and I'm I work from home because I'm a slug and I watch horror movies and made a living at it, and uh, <laughs> and <laughs> and I'm I'm laying in bed. It's like two in the morning. Inside just ends, and I'm like, you know, I think I'm kind of traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> like a delayed reaction. Yeah, dude, I, I, I swear to God, I, I, I think I came within this close to just turning over, waking her up and going, honey, this fucking movie, man. I you can't know? sleep. <laughs> it was brutal, man. It's so yeah. awesome. That's one of my favorites. Did that take place at Christmas time? Yeah, yeah. Really? Because she's at home on Christmas that. night. I think wow. like the most brutal part of it to me is like when she reaches out of the. I'm gonna spoil it for you guys who haven't seen it. Sorry. No, 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 dude, don't, don't, don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. I'm just gonna say the scissors, the scissors like, scene. Yes, yes. Okay, yes. That, there's enough imagination there, but yeah, okay. Oh no. Not as bad well, as the scissors scene in Exorcist two or three. Forget oh, me. Exorcist. You know, I funnily enough, you're crossing wires again. I can't think of It's a Wonderful Life without thinking of Exorcist three. Really. It's impossible to me because that's the movie that Kenderman and Father Dyer see at the beginning of the movie. Oh shit! It's always been stuck in my head. They're connected. It's like it, it's an expanded. It's a Wonderful Life universe. Mm -hmm. Well, remember I told you I had an Exorcist story pertaining to Christmas. Yes. So when I one of the gifts I got for Christmas one year was when The Exorcist first dropped on DVD, and I was fucking stoked. Right. So my best friend Dave at the time, he calls me 
He's like, hey, man, Merry Christmas. What are you doing? I'm like, I'm watching The Exorcist. And he goes, what the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. You know, I needed that shit. Religious, right? There is a nice uh, there's a nice family gathering and there's a nice piano segment. That's it's a mm. movie. And the, the power of Christ does compel you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and there's soup. Even on his family. birthday. He gets honorable mentions. <laughs> Speaking of It's a Wonderful Life, too, I also want to see an ex- I do want to see an expanded universe for that movie. And I know it's a popular thing to do right now for movies, but I want to see it from the perspective of the um, teacher. Remember when he and the teacher on the phone and the guy later on at the bar says, my wife is crying for hours. And then she's like, off the screen for a while. But then later on, the kid says, you know, my teacher said every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. How the hell would that teacher have known that unless she had the similar experience of meeting an angel? Mm-hmm. I want to see a sequel when that happens. I want to see her backstory. You're making me think entirely too much, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a fucking doing that. <sighs> See, he... the angel showed up to her to get her to stop killing the kids. But wasn't an angel? <laughs> it might have been a pixie. <laughs> angel. <laughs> I love where he's like, you're just about the kind of angel I would get. Hey, hey, hold on now. Hold on. Just because an angel has fallen and become a demon doesn't mean it wasn't an angel. <laughs> See, I agree, man. Weren't we talking about gremlins? We were, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the purpose of this talk. That was, that was the one on Well, we were on gr- Christmas movies, so. Just, just, of, like, Christmas horror it. movies was our last real. topic. The train never made it to the rails, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the rails are the station. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, the passengers are still technically outside in the cab, apparently. <laughs> Don't bring it back to the movie here. Um, all I could think of was the... There was one, the thing that really stuck out to me was the scientist in the lab, or was it the teacher, biology teacher? Yeah. And it just, a couple things with him. Number one, it felt really off kilter that it was a black scientist that had that like menacing voice when he was taking a test of the one gremlin. I'm like, this feels wrong. And then later on, like, I don't know if it's him or if it's a different scientist is like eating in the lab. And, I'm, and I literally was, again, watching with my fiance. We're like, who would have thought that you're not supposed to eat or drink anything in the laboratory setting was the one thing that would stick with everybody in high school, or at least us. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here's some stuff I didn't know about the movie. I found these facts. I was searching up like fun facts about gremlins, and there's some things I didn't actually know. Number one, they were going to use monkeys to play the gremlins, put masks yeah. on them. <laughs> I would have loved to see that, like oh in Wizard of Oz. Style. <laughs> How many shit-throwing bloopers can we put in a movie? <laughs> right? You know what my entire favorite... fucking featurette? The no. movie theater? Oh my god! All I think of is callbacks, like Rocky Horror. Can, oh, can they're I... throwing shit. Can I... <laughs> I have to share the story real quick because it's my favorite monkey on camera story ever. Okay. Yes. Has everyone seen Grandma's Boy? Yeah. Okay. I have not. 
Okay. You dude need to really start watching some fucking movies. All right? <laughs> <laughs> They're all in quarantine for Christ's sake. There's no fucking excuse for this. Uh, at the end of grandma's boy they're sitting on the couch with the monkey and a fucking elephant comes crashing through the fucking wall behind them and i'm watching the commentary and according to the dude on the commentary the second the elephant broke through the wall the monkey literally shit his pants (laughs) (laughs) it stays in my head and i I just sit there and i watch it and i rewind it you're like that poor monkey I don't know. I'm a weird guy, man. <laughs> no. <laughs> We're all weird here. Mm-hmm. Anyway, gremlins. <laughs> uh, Casting-wise, what I didn't know also that I, I probably heard at some point, it's never really absorbed, is that Howie Mandel did the voice of Gizmo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, more than that, they actually had him do phonetic line readings for the Gizmo part for other languages so that the gizmo voice was still being in other languages where they released the movie. So it actually had this nice ketone to it where it helped make the movie more successful internationally. Well, it's not like he had a lot of lines anyway, but yeah. I mean, that <laughs> type of continuity. Was he singing too? Because I thought it was so cute when he had the nope, keyboard. They actually, they actually got a woman to come in and do the voice for singing <laughs> who was part of uh, somebody on part of the production team who had never done any acting before. Gizmo nice. is the cutest little motherfucker that's ever been put on. Oh, right. <laughs> and without Gizmo, we wouldn't have had Furbies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, if only they were all Gizmo. <laughs> I don't like Furbies, but I like Gizmo. <laughs> they should have made like the Gizmo Furby. That's yeah. Feels like never a that? missed marketing opportunity for sure. Really that's nice. a major oversight. They never did that? Not that I know of. I don't oh, damn. I know they're they like little dolls of it or something. One of my friends had one, like got one like middle school or high school. His mom got him one. He was reminding me of it on Facebook today that he had one. On the yeah. subject of casting, I forget the actor's name that actually played Randall, but is it bad that I thought for a minute, maybe this is because of the Frosty um, Association, I thought it was Jonathan Winters for a minute <laughs> before I looked at the cast. <laughs> Let me check. That wasn't Jonathan Winters? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I don't remember who it was offhand, but I was like, I'm, I thought it was at first, because what didn't he voice one of like Frosty animated films or something? Now you're making me serve. I, I did like the uh, Steven Spielberg cameo. Yes. Wait, what? I missed that. Oh, uh, he's, uh, he's the guy in the electric wheelchair at the Inventors Convention. Oh, shit. Do you guys know also the lead role in the movie was almost played by Emilio Estevez? Which would have made it a drastically different movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. There's so many things in the alternate cut I really need to see now. But, but you know, this opens up the perfect crossover. Yeah. I mean, because hockey's a winter sport. You've got gremlins. Like, I want the gremlins mighty duck, like, battle royale. <laughs> <laughs> Give me this movie. The mighty All I had is a visual of a gremlin just catching a puck in the face. And that's really <laughs> funny to me. <laughs> I think going back to the Looney Tunes, that would almost be like a Space Jam version of Oh my hockey. god! Oh my god! <laughs> that's a crossover we need, is Space Jam versus Gremlins. Holy Why has nobody done this? Shit. We are At crossing Christmas. the streams in epic fashion. Yeah, there's but some I am serious streams crossing going on here. 
Casting, I noticed that the mom was the same mom as in Back to the Future, uh, like Marty's grandma when he goes back. It's a uh, yeah, I was like, I was trying to figure it out, and I, I recognized her from that. But other than she Phoebe Cates, I didn't know many other people. She tired of that set. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Walk on, just feel like the scene, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Here we go with this shit again. <laughs> also, the gremlins, too, what really struck me about it was as soon as they were, like, born, I guess, from getting water on Gizmo, they had an idea automatically of who they were and what they were about. Like, they automatically just understood humanity and what characters they were going to play. Like, they had, a, they had a flashing gremlin. They had a burglar gremlin. It's some weird, deep shit. But, like, they were born knowing who they were and what they were all about. They had the punk gremlin that had the Well, I mean, that, that's right. so Come necessary, off. though, because you can't just have a whole... It would be so boring if they were all just a group of monsters who acted the same way. Like Giving them each their unique personalities makes it fun and then makes the kills <laughs> unique. But if they reboot it, here's what I want. I want them to do like an apocalypse style where one of the talking gremlins goes up to a TV screen and goes, learning. <laughs> Did you guys see that movie? You know what, you want to know what the scariest part about gremlins is? What's that? If gremlins were, were real. And we had to follow the rules as a society to make sure we didn't cause that shit to happen. We'd be dead in a fucking week. Yep. Fuck. Absolutely, one. We can't even wear a paper fucking mask for five seconds. <laughs> We'd well, be so uh, fucked. It would. It would. The world would end in like two days. Gremlins would just overrun everybody because I want a burger. You know, I, I just. So, mm. uh, what I what I really do enjoy, um, and I don't. I cannot say the original pronunciation, but the name Mogwai is taken from the Jap. From sorry, from the Chinese word. Uh, Mogui pronounced wrong, but it's their word for demon. So he literally finds this in a shop in Chinatown, and the guy's just like, Yeah, it's a fucking demon. <laughs> and he's like, I want to buy it. He's like, The demon's not for sale. Yeah, it's but... a demon. It's like, <laughs> it's a demon. Sound cuddly. Okay, 200 instead of 100. It's rare. <laughs> and now for a word from our sponsor. Oh, Gremlins 2. Crypt, please. It's what you deserve this holiday season. Do you feel like the movie had a lot to do with consumerism? Because I kind of got that from it, that consumerism was... Well, I, I think that was movie. part of that scene, too, just over-exuberant of, like, the over-drinking and, like, the three cigarettes in the one mouth, <laughs> like... <laughs> I love the one with greed. the leg warmers, by the way. Yeah, greed <laughs> is obviously a central theme uh, to the movie because, you know, the dad's inventing stuff, trying to be successful. You've got the horrible woman throwing people out at Christmas because she's uh, uh, yeah. the woman who owns the town and is just being terrible. Threatening to kill dogs. Yeah, and like the bank yeah. is in her thrall, so they're they're not caring. So there's this really central, like, hey, we know Christmas movies are supposed to be good, but there's these really shit people in the world, and this is what shit people leads to. No, she was a total <laughs> Scrooge. She's like the Mr. Power in the movie. So what did you guys think of that Gremlins 2? It's a lot. It's not as dark as the first one, that's for certain. It, it's not, but did you like it? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen Gremlins 2 more than I've seen the first one. Oh. I mean, I don't think I've seen the first one since I was little. That That's one of the things that it, it really triggered 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 me for this, mem- this uh, movie is because of the fact of I can remember how I felt watching it as a kid versus watching it as an adult. Um, I was just, I was fascinated by both of them as a kid. When Hulk Hogan showed up, my mind was blown. I was about to say, it was a perfect vehicle for Hulk Hogan, considering what he did a year fucking prior. See, (laughs) one of the big things for me, I really have a love for movies that throw in references or homage to other movies. And Mm -hmm. Gremlins 2 did a fair amount of that, which is one of the reasons I have an affinity for it. Like, just being a film buff in general, you give me a movie that's going to do some parodies or homages or playoffs of other films, I'm going to be like, that's fun. Did you ever see, I think it was Key and Peele, they did this comedy skit about the pitch meeting for Gremlins 2? I didn't see that one. No. Oh, did oh well, shit, I don't know right? how. I thought I've seen everything of that. Right. I'm pretty sure it's Key and Peele. Dude, it is the funniest fucking thing you've ever seen. Because if you think about Gremlins 2, the movie's batshit nuts. It's mm-hmm. just, there's so much about it that's, com- first time I saw Gremlins 2, I was high as fuck. <laughs> and I went out of that theater going like, did that just happen? <laughs> you know? It, it, check that out. I, I'm pretty sure it was Key and Peele, but it was it is hilarious. They have a lot of really good horror I just movies. looked, pulled it up so I could watch it later. <laughs> yeah. Like they reference a lot of stuff in their sketches. Like, they did um, one of the Of the Dead movies, I believe, where it was uh, Race to Zombies. Like, they mm. wouldn't bite black people in one of their sketches. Did you guys see Oh, that? that's right, yeah. <laughs> like that, I, don't, I, think it was, I don't think it was coincidental that Jordan Peele went on to do some really good horror movies, because their show was all about horror. Yeah, Jordan Peele's a really talented filmmaker. I really dig his stuff a lot. He's great. Somebody that I went to high school with said that Jordan Peele was overrated. I'm like, oh, imagine that. A white boy, like from Northwest Ohio thinks that a black person is overrated. Move on, kid. Jesus Christ. You know, <laughs> that, a lot of that drives me crazy. There's a, I think that when it comes to things that are like focused around on hot button issues, say like the original black, I mean, the last remake of Black Christmas. And of course, it's a lot of the movies of Jordan Peele, which are done phenomenally well. But, you know, there's a part of me that really, misses the time when movies were just fun, you know? I mean, when you look at the movies from the late 70s and 80s, it was like there was this energy, you know? There was this, people were just trying to make the best movie that they could, whether it happened or not, it's a whole different fucking story, but they tried and that was their focus to make a good movie. And nowadays, a lot of people, they get trapped in that, I need to, reach this audience and this demographic and this and that and that and it, it ends up souring the movies like guys just make a good fucking movie if the movie's good it's gonna find its audience you don't have to go looking for it you know and and that always drove me kind of crazy I'm, I'm in complete agreement and i think oh some of the issues that are occurring uh with you know backlash and opinions on movies uh by you know the populace or the fan base Uh, is almost coming from the fact now that because of the internet and access, so many people have seen so much more than they ever did in the past. And so now it's like, oh, well, you took that from da, 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 da. It's like, yeah, that's how stories happen. You find a lot of little bits from different things and you have your own idea and you make your own thing. But now everyone wants to be like, oh, if any idea at all is borrowed, you stole that. And now I can denigrate you because it's not original. It's like, 
There's there's seven original stories in the world. It's a matter of how you tell them. Like, calm right. down. As as Lucas said earlier, she gets a lot of shit for uh, you know a, a lot of her opinions or whatever, whether it be Black Christmas, the remake, she like whatever. It doesn't matter. But I know a few things about dealing with people on the internet. Just a little bit, like that much. Just a little. <laughs> um, what what a lot of people don't realize is reviews are subjective man they're they're not gospel they're guidelines it's okay for someone to like something and someone else to not like something it's like why can't you just get that through your heads and i think what the internet done it has done collectively is they've they've given like a sounding board the internet has given a sounding board to people who's never had that before. And, you know, while on one side of the spectrum, that's wonderful. But on the other side of the spectrum, some people shouldn't be given a fucking sounding board. Okay? <laughs> yeah. and, and, and that's just the way it is, you know? But now it's like the internet is like, it, it's fucking, I love it and I hate it all at the same time. I, I truly do. But never, never let anyone who, who disagrees with you get under your skin, man. Fuck them. I get a laugh at going back to the Black Christmas thing. Um, I got a comment when the review posted to our Facebook page and somebody went on this giant tirade, like expended far too much energy for so little. And I remember the line, how much this writer get paid to write by Blumhouse to write this bullshit review? I remember that. And I was just like, Dude, I, I literally commented. I'm like, dude, if I was making Blumhouse money, I wouldn't be a teacher in fucking Northwest Ohio. Get off my dick. Like, seriously? Dude, let me, let me tell you well, something. There's that. Yeah. There is, you know, oh, that just, like, I would get comments like, oh, well, you're writing about all your friends' movies. And I'm like, well, did it? If I didn't write about them, you wouldn't have anything to read. You know, I know everyone in Hollywood. I, I, I write reviews as I see them. It's not personal. And there's this some misconception that goes on with, oh, that person who liked that obviously had to have gotten paid by a studio. I mean, God forbid you have your own opinion. Shut the fuck up. You know, <laughs> it's so dumb. It's like, dude, listen. I've been reviewing movies for 20 years. I ain't rich, right? I'm sitting here going, what kind of soup am I having for dinner? Give me a fucking break, dude. Fuck you. Fuck what you think. Stupid. Fuck them. Fuck them all. Where's my hot chocolate? Yeah, by, by and large, I, <laughs> I'm of the opinion, and I know a lot of people who write uh, about, you know, entertainment in general across a lot of different genres. And at the end of the day, those of us who are writing about it, it's almost always because, we love it. And it's like, if we, we would write about this, if we had no audience and no one to listen to us, uh, like this is what That's we talk we about with our work. friends. It's like, we have a love for the material. Mm -hmm. If we're praising something, it's because we enjoyed it. If mm -hmm. we're, de if we're, you know, being critical of something, it's because it wasn't for us. But as you said, anything is for anybody. It's like, find what you like and enjoy it. And if you're going to listen to criticism, find critics who you seem to have an aligned view with and they will lead you to things you will enjoy. Exactly. Or at the very least, critics you can learn something from and get a different perspective, which seems to be a lost concept in the year of our Lord 2020, but that's just my observation. Mm -hmm. No, you're right. 
And now we're all angry. Let's talk about gremlins. Oh, yeah, I, was, I was about to go back to that point that you made about movies in the 70s and 80s just being different. I always felt like the killing of practical effects was where it really went downhill from there. Because then when you stop making shit as real, like the practical effects you can laugh at, but it was right there. Like, you know what I mean? It, it, it felt more real because it was actually there. It, it declined for a couple of reasons. Um, what the main reason is practical effects are very expensive because you have to do different, you have to do multiple True. Jobs, you have to do this, you have to Time. <laughs> and also there was a point in the early to mid to almost into the late nineties where the MPAA was just crucifying every fucking horror movie that you could imagine. And that's why you've seen things like Friday the 13th part eight, that there's barely a drop of blood in the movie, you know? Fucking the sea captain gets his throat slit and there's no blood. And filmmakers just stopped even putting effects into the movies at that point because, you know, they're spending all this money to get it done and then it gets cut out and no one ever sees it, you know? So, and, and that's why it started declining, but thankfully it came back around again. And now you see all sorts of violent shit. With, even on TV, dude, The Walking Dead still makes me fucking laugh when I see the shit that they get away with, you know? Like 20 years ago, that would not have flown at all on TV. Oh. Like you know? CSI was groundbreaking for like gore and dismemberment and that on television. Not so much like it actually happening, but like the after effects and autopsies and that, like that was kind of the breaking ground for a lot of gruesome effects on television. Well, but, remember um, the early 90s, X-Files, the episode Home in season three or four, I believe. That one got very as fuck. Yeah, that was super glorious, super fucked up. There was a, wasn't there a baby buried in the baseball field like the opening scene? Mm, something like that, yeah. Yeah, like, I think early 90s where it really started to come back. I think it kind of floundered for a bit, but that kind of brought it back from where it was in the 70s and movies. Well, well, yeah, but see what happened was because of stuff like that, as, as he was saying, there started to be this, this kind of backlash where it was just like, no, like there was a real backlash against violence um, for a time period there. And, you know, who... You can point your finger at all sorts of stuff, whether um, it was, you know, things like, you know, Columbine, what, what have you, but vi a violent, insane acts in the culture uh, prompted the entertainment industry to be like, oh, they're trying to blame us for this. We need to pump the brakes really hard for a minute. Mm -hmm. And then, unfortunately, that kind of societal insanity violence became so normal they're like oh it's not entertainment we can bring entertainment back and have it be fucked up again mm. sort of yeah I, I would agree with that when i was working on um never sleep again uh, i'm still ruined for the elm street franchise because of mm -hmm. that. i love that document i think this You're well. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, a real labor of love and insanity and we didn't think anyone would ever gonna watch it before fucking hours but they did and thank you for watching it obviously oh, yeah. um, but when i was working on that i mean we, we spoke with a lot of the makeup people and the stories they would tell us were just like horrendous there were so many elaborate things <laughs> i think it went through because if it's what i'm thinking of it's like every single nightmare movie like it goes into detail and it's like different makeup people had their own take on how to do the makeup and it was just like and there's four pieces at a time and it was all it, i love the entire thing <laughs> and then at the end of the day a lot of 
the work of all those people once they finally came to a compromise and they're getting cut out. And it was, it's, it's heartbreaking, you know? There, Rob Zombie once said, uh, God, a long time ago, that um, in 20 years from now, nobody's going to be talking about Dr. Zhivago, but people will still be having lengthy conversations about Dawn of the Dead. And there's a reason for that. It's because these movies, especially for horror fans, horror fans, this is in our blood. This isn't an act. You know, this isn't a passing fate. It's who we are, you know? And these movies that we hold in such high regard, you know, they're a part of us, you know? And I don't think any other genre out there has a reaction like that. And I think it's because the genre horror is something you can feel. You can't really feel comedy. You could be funny, you could be dramatic, but you feel horror, you know, it's in here, it's in here, you, you, you relate to that shit. And I think that's why these movies have become so ingrained on us and, and you know, spawned such an amazing, passionate fan base. I mean, even the people that I said before, fuck them, fuck their opinions. You know what? Mm -hmm. Every opinion comes out of a place of passion, you know? They're passionate about that. You're passionate about what you say. They're passionate about how they react to it. So you can't really say fuck them. You just got to understand that everybody is different. Everybody has their own view on stuff. And everybody for their own stuff, especially with something as subjective as horror, is right. Everybody has a point. Everybody's entitled to their point. The only problem that comes is when they try to push that shit on you. You know what I mean? Like fucking like what you like, lighten up, dude. But watch a movie about monsters and fantasy. Like, In the words of Brian Zane, like what you like, don't be a dick. Yeah, totally, dude. Change the fucking channel, you know, whatever. Just fucking. Mm -hmm. well, no, but I, I think you're completely correct, uh, particularly about you know. That's right, I am. Uh, you're. <laughs> no, but about the the movies that stand the test of time. Because when you really go back to, because um, I really enjoy a lot of, you know, very classic cinema. I mean, obviously the universal horror films have stood the test of time, but so have movies, um, you know, obviously like uh, just to think a piece on uh, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari mm -hmm. or, you know, the early Fritz Lang movies. I mean, M isn't exactly a horror film, but my gosh, the intensity of it at the end there, it's like that would fit in any scary movie and it's those kind of very visceral moments that, you know, touch on, you know, really the human emotion of fear that I think is going to draw people in again and again. Whereas uh, there's definitely a time and place uh, where sentimentality, uh, however it's portrayed, may no longer be relevant to a progressing society. But fear is always going to be a relevant emotional subject matter that's just not going to go away. You know, I, I've done a gazillion interviews. I, I've done countless DVD commentaries or whatever and produced a bunch of shit. And people inevitably on those sets, you know, who aren't horror fans, who are just there working on them, you know, the DP or what, whatever, they'll, they'll come up to me and they'll ask me, well, this is cool and all, but why horror movies? You know, I, I don't get what the major attraction is to these things. And my immediate response is, well, do you go to amusement parks? And they're like, of course. I'm like, do you get on rides? And they're like, well, yeah. I'm like, it's that controlled chaos. 
you know, the feeling that you're brought to that edge, but you're still safe, you know, the chaos around you is controlled. You can get close to death without experiencing it. It's that kind of rush. It's the reason why people get on roller coasters to fucking be out of control, but in control at the same time. And it's the same reason why people watch horror movies. That, you know? That's uh, one, one, as we're talking about this, I keep thinking back to my high school health teacher. He always told us that you're only born with two emotions, fear and anger. So it's a, it's a primal thing. You're never going to get rid of it. You'll always yeah. have it. I, I agree. And also hunger and the need to shit your pants, but that's all. <laughs> my, like part of, my favorite part about it is a lot of the psychological aspects of seeing humans acting in completely different ways than you normally do in a comedy or a drama or whatever romance. Like everyone kind of acts the same. You could see it probably playing out on the street in front of you, but horror movie, hopefully not. <laughs> I was just saying, you don't see a lot of people tripping on a random branch that nobody fucking saw until right back <laughs> with Michael Myers after. <laughs> I drop my car keys all the time, though. <laughs> I don't know, man. Apocalypse movie. I do, too. That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> we're living in an apocalypse movie. That's kind of neat. Dude, we're living in history. Have you guys seen Ghosts on Shudder? What is it? Ghosts. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. so fucking good. It, it, uh, there's going to be so many of these apocalypse fucking quarantine COVID-19 movies. <laughs> it's going to be ridiculous. But you know what? <sighs> fucking time travel movies? I bet you not a single motherfucker puts that dial to 2020. That shit ain't. <laughs> <laughs> what happens when they get here? They're going to have to I go. Just, I could just see like somebody like turns the dial to 2020 and somebody just, you see a hand. Oh my God. No. <laughs> Like, what are you, fucking stupid? Or they want to stop them and be like, here, you're going to need this, and they hand them toilet paper. Toilet <laughs> <laughs> yeah, paper and really. a face mask. What a disappointing apocalypse, right? You know, we, had, we wanted zombies and mayhem. We got Zoom meetings and toilet paper shortages. It really is. <laughs> the one thing that we really need, and that's toilet paper. Yes. Dude, did you remember that picture I took of my chain with a fucking roll of toilet paper hanging off it? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I got the two-plop, bitch! I saw people were selling those packs of colored uh, toilet paper from like the 90s when that was happening. <laughs> There's colored toilet paper? Yeah, party from streamer. the 90s, they had like, uh, like blue, well, pink, yeah. and... Yeah. That's my aunt used to have that shit all the time. Yeah, my grandma had a lot. Crazy healer? <laughs> no, no, not crazy. And then, <laughs> I don't care. And, and then everybody was like, you know, why does my ass itch? <laughs> Maybe because of all that weird color dye that they put in that toilet. Why is my brown eye pink? Yeah. <laughs> right. I was wondering, like, is it color bleed? That's the real dark side of the moon. <laughs> yep, and we've gone right to toilet order, toilet humor. My job here is done, folks. <laughs> That's a wrap, motherfucker. This is what I've done. This is what I bring to the table, okay? Now we're talking about shitting. My job is done. <laughs> brought it to the I'm table saying, or brought it to the throne? What? So it just comes in the table, throws it down, get her. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> All right, so uh, trivia round. I want to see if, if anybody, if you have a deleted scene that you're making up that you would like to see inserted in the movie, what would it be? Lucas. 
deleted scene that I want or scene would like to see. So what would you like more of, less of? What would you like to die alternatively? In Gremlins? Yeah. So I'm actually going to cut in because I think I mentioned this before we were on the call. Mm -hmm. In the original script uh, that did not get made because they decided before filming that they wanted to make it more family friendly, the dog was supposed to get killed and the mom was supposed to be decapitated and her head thrown down the stairs. So there you go. And we need a John Wick crossover where the dog dies and it's John Wick 4 or 5. <laughs> oh my god. That's a, yeah. I guess I would want to see and I realized that the sequence was long but I fucking loved the kitchen sequence with the mom and I, this is going to bleed into something else we're going to do I know but like I want to know what other ways they could have thought to kill the gremlins because we had some great ones but had to be more that they thought of or that they shot and they ended up on the cutting room floor or something. So a longer kitchen fight sequence would be my pick. I, I would I would like for to see the gremlins get a a human ally, like someone else that's going in there and causing mayhem with the gremlins. Preferably played by Michael Rooker. Wait, what? One thing I oh. <laughs> I said preferably <laughs> portrayed by Michael Rooker. <laughs> Well, one thing I thought of was uh, near the end of the movie with all the chaos going on after the mom, like he took his mom across the street to a neighbor's house. Like I was wondering if she was going to end up getting caught in the scuffle again because it was like the whole town going crazy and we didn't see her till like right at the very end. I thought that it was like a weird transition for her per se, but not terrible. I just remembered thinking that, like, where's the mom still? Like, there, because it was like the dad a little bit, and then. I want to see an extended version of the kitchen scene, almost like Peter versus <laughs> giant chicken, where they just go across the town fighting gremlins in a continuous fight. <laughs> That's fighting. Well, take the scene. Here, here's an addendum to mine: the scene where the old lady fuck I forget name. I wrote it down. That's her name, old lady fuck. Well, sure. Dem Works for me. Begins with D. Death by chairlift. Oh yeah, it starts with Deagle, the D. Miss Deagle. Deagle. There it yeah. is. <laughs> I want to, to to add on to yours, Chase, or to add on to yours, Chase, because you're there on my screen. Maybe I fucked it up. I don't know. Um, yeah, there you go. Um, but after the police like see the like chairlift like fly out <laughs> and she's on the on the thing, just have that. Peter Murphy giant chicken scene where they're just beating shit out of each other just for that bit of levity. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a really dark guy, so I kind of want to no. see Dad's bloated corpse getting yanked out of the fucking chimney, man. Oh, Give me that. oh no! You like oh. <laughs> uh, That's what no, I was like. The, the little the girl just that come disconnected. Crying. <laughs> oh god. Holding oh, yeah, up a single leg, thing. like from the, from the knee down, just. Mm. Well, they try to cover it up. It's like, surprise, dad was Santa all along. He's not really dead. It was me, Austin. And oh, man. Some dark shit. Yeah, that <laughs> line where she's like, that's how I found out that there wasn't a Santa. I was like, whoa. <laughs> Hard <Whoa>. turn. Hard <laughs> took the wrong thing from there. It wasn't so much, you know, I lost my dad. It was, there was no Santa. Oh, they had a fight earlier that day. She got grounded, so you know. 
All right, so here's a question Rami came up with. What kitchen appliance or failed invention would you like to see used to kill a gremlin? I would say a meat tenderizer would be pretty cool. With a big old meat I, tenderizer. I, I have to imagine he had his own version of a bread slicer he tried to make, and uh, that, that. <laughs> Whatever his version of a bread slicer was, like, that. <laughs> I, I, I got to go for egg beater up the gremlin sphincter. Oh! oh, God. I'm thinking okay. something with like a flat iron. I, I, I'm not very inventive. I can't think of something crazy I would just being smashed between. <laughs> I'm between two either a mixer or, a, and this could be added to my sequence, my pr proposed sequence, where you just have like a giant fuck off skillet and she's just batting him away. Who <laughs> 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 the Foley artist for that would be would have a fucking field day. <laughs> all right, I, okay. I, I had a great concept because he's making all these inventions. So like something, whether it's like a waffle maker or a fryer, something that it's like it batters the thing and cooks it at like right after. So like the gremlin gets cooked and then that is the dog's revenge. You just see the dog munch it on it later. Like this deep fryer like battered gremlin and that's the dog's revenge. Just... It's like a, a kibble machine. Kibbleizer. You know what would be cool too? A waffle iron. Press the yeah. gremlin into a waffle. Or like a George Foreman grill. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. What do you think the gremlins would taste like? Terrible. Chicken. I think it tastes like chicken. Like frog legs. <laughs> we made that joke in the <laughs> Well, it begs the question. What would they taste like? I mean, they got some tough meat on them. I think you got to take a minute to think about this. Well, well, it, hold, hold, hold on. It's a demon. It's going to taste like brimstone. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking or like scaly. Like McDonald's chicken. <laughs> I love I'm that. Like I'm, sorry. I'm, I'm thinking it would be like more gator-like. Like would be like yeah gator. gator they are kind of scaly ish i mean look at the oh, legs. oh yeah i mean the gatory it's gator gatory <laughs> so what you're saying is we need cajun style gremlin oh, oh my god <laughs> was that not a character cajun gremlin i need a cajun gremlin <laughs> it will be in part three yeah. hold on you came need everyone from the ymca thing or village people <laughs> 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 I can't follow that. No, here's one. Gremlin gumbo. Oh, yeah. With some Sticking with the Nolans. Did we just ruin it? It just reminded me of the Indian from the village people. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I tell you what, we do, we do know that you can't cook gremlin in the microwave it just explodes. oh my gosh <laughs> that's, that's that was one of those not kid-friendly parts <laughs> can cook a gremlin in the microwave you just gotta Dude. poke it in the fork a few times i hope no little kid put try to put their cat in there or something being inspired that would have <laughs> oh Rob, what the fuck i mean i'm <laughs> sure little that kids not... did it i don't know if I it know. was inspired by gremlins but i know little kids i'm sure have done it i'm just saying i hope that didn't help robin that happen <laughs> never trust a woman in a freddy sweater <laughs> <laughs> that's what we call this episode there's your fuck title Oh, if there was a crossover between Gremlins and Nightmare on Elm Street, and one of the oh. Gremlins fell asleep, would Freddy Krueger invade their dreams? <laughs> what would their fear be? 
Well, big beater fire. In the, in the <laughs> big beater. <laughs> no, their fear would be water. No, their fear would be sunlight, which would mean. Well, sunlight, yeah. Their fear would sure. be Florida. <laughs> They'd be really afraid of Florida, all sunlight. As they should be. And water. Yes. There's a lot of water in Florida, so I mean, they could probably repopulate as fast as they die. Mm. Like okay, so then replace Lake Erie. Yep. Yeah, I don't know what made me think of it, but did you ever see that horrid Lost Boys sequel with the surfing vampires? No, now I need to. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Add that I mean, one on my list, goddamn. Just have a priest bless the ocean. Done. True. <laughs> Roll credits. Vampires burning. Good. <laughs> blessing the ocean. I watched Shark Exorcist, Steve. Jesus well, Christ. See, that, that then brings the question, though. If water's been consecrated, at what point does it become unconsecrated? And if it never does, there's probably enough of the ocean already just from all the years that they're done. I, I think the fact of all the people peeing in it may deconsecrate the water. <laughs> the oil spill. <laughs> Your kidneys take out the consecration. If you drink consecrated water and pee it back out, isn't it still consecrated water? And you know what the penalty is? It's kidney stones. That's what it is, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a Remove the stone of consecration. And again, we've come down to bodily functions. My job is done. <laughs> At the end, when that grum that lead gremlin died, he like came out of the water, but he was like dying. I, I couldn't understand. Like I thought the water was still okay for you, and. <laughs> I don't know how he was able to crawl out, and I know it was dramatic, but then it was still like, is he alive? He was goopy. Cool effect. Oh, I mean, there is there's a whole area of like, how does this water idea work? Because oh, they they're in a pool. It's like they're running through snow. That's literally <laughs> frozen water, and nothing. Yeah, I thought about that too. Dude, water is the bane of every fucking movie, man. <laughs> oh, also, M. Night, M. Night Shyamalan signs that they don't like water, so they invent, they invade a planet that's seventy percent water. And what they right? do, the weather forecast before invading, you know, <laughs> <laughs> was the was the blue not a clue? Also, aren't but the gremlins? Away, hey, maybe they're colorblind. Aren't the gremlins also like sixty percent water, like humans? No, that's a good point. I, maybe they're just six. I saw saliva. I, I'll What's go. For it? If you guys could recast functions. one role, what would it be, and who would it be? Gremlin voiced by Gilbert Godfrey. Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> just all Iago gremlins. No, just one. You just need one. Because if they're all voiced by him, I'm good. Okay, I got oh, one. Go for it. Stripe. Voiced by Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, God. <laughs> He's going to come in with an eye patch on and be like, I want to okay. recruit you for the Gremlins project. Uh, Damn I, it again. I, I got a great again. one. Again. Just because it would force such a weird crossover conversation. Either of the cops, Don Knotts. <laughs> ah, yes. Monty? Uh, Gilbert Godfrey's, you can't beat that. But I don't know. I think it would be pretty funny to have one of the gremlins played by uh, Richard Simmons. So have this whole jazz <laughs> thing in the background. Oh Wasn't there an, an, a, an aerobics gremlin in Gremlins 2? So. Yeah. 
Right? Or, or was that the original? Book it. <laughs> oh my god, that's great. I want to see the inventor dad played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's <laughs> <laughs> not the demon. He's the not the demon. How much for the demon? <laughs> the gremlin is his play. Go for it. As far as recasting, um, maybe instead of Phoebe Cates, Jennifer Connelly. Uh, not for any particular Really? I don't. <laughs> Jennifer Connelly has like one expression, though. She's like constant pensive. Well, if we're going there, I want to see Kristen Stewart. I was She's like, way better than Kristen Stewart. <laughs> oh, shit. She'd be like, You don't like water. I can't feed you after midnight. You're, you're, you're a vampire. <laughs> duh, duh, I love duh. you. <laughs> Sparkle. To be fair, the actors who were in those movies <laughs> hate those movies more than anyone else. No one that hates Twilight true. more than fucking Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. <laughs> oh, and Kristen Stewart. They hate those damn movies. Although, They're although like, Robert we Pattinson is money. playing a Batman. He went from vampire to yeah. Batman. I think that's true. Well, he went from Cedric Diggory to vampire to Batman. <laughs> you know, when I first saw the Harry Potter movie with that, I was like, he's going to be a vampire. I, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> oh, look at Robin. Like, I fucking call that. I like, there's no, everyone was like fangirling about him, even though he wasn't even a huge part of like, you know, I'm like, he's, I knew it. Vampire. <laughs> Were there vampires in the Harry Potter universe? Yes. Yeah. In the book. Mm -hmm. No, they're, they're, uh, Frederick is in the movies. Well, the, he's a werewolf, but um, no. Oh, the yeah, one, yeah, yeah. The one right. Weasley t uh, brother, one of the older ones, Bill or Charlie, they had an experience or had talked to a yeah. vampire or something. They were talking he, about vampires, I think, in Egypt, actually. So it might have been that one Charlie that was in Egypt then. But For yeah. Vampires. That, sounds, that would explain so much. I think one of the uh, Aurors or one of the people in the Order of the Phoenix that comes in at the end of the books ended up being one they like said it. <laughs> oh, sure. That would have been cool to have that. Well, I definitely movie. know they were mentioned in the books. Yeah, but you, mm. you, are, you are right. I was, I was getting confused. But yeah, they're not in the movies, but they're mentioned in the books. Dude, Egyptian vampires. They're That's they're why all. they're shaped like that. The pyramids are shaped like fangs. That makes so much sense. Science. Uh, and, that, uh, and with that, you can tie it right back into the entire Anne Rice universe. So now you just got it everywhere. Yeah. Uh, Lucas, you have anything to add? Um, okay. One thing that I have to, I wish there was a behind the scenes for, and that was the logistics of the puppet riding that little trike towards the end. <laughs> That's I got. So I don't funny. know why that bit amused me so fucking much, but the thought back because I spoke uh, last year with Todd Masters who did the puppets for the new Child's Play, and I'm thinking like, I almost want to find his number and ask again like, how the fuck would you do that? Because it looked so it, it looked good, especially for 1984. So I'm like, how the, like the logistics of that? How did that work? I have to know. A lot of wires and a lot of painting out the wires. I know that's not exactly the glamorous explanation you wanted, but that's... Oh, no, sure. But I was just trying to think of... <laughs> cell by cell. Right. I guess so we're winding down right now. If anybody has any closing thoughts, now is the time. Sean, you got anything to add? I, I think we pretty well covered it. I mean, it's, it's a delightful little movie that... You know, I think as most of us have said, it, it really holds up and 
it's it's enjoyable still. And <laughs> if you need a family movie that will also give you your giggles, here you go. Mm-hmm. Steve, you got anything that? Gremlins is also. It's funny that you say that. Gremlins is also one of those good. A lot. A lot of people always ask me, "What's a good entry point to get my kids into horror movies?" And I think Gremlins is pretty much perfect to do that. And also, I'd say maybe Mad Monster Party because the claymation puppets are really fucking cool. But uh, what I really want to say though is thank you all so much for having me. I, I really appreciate. Oh, thank you. It, it was fun. I had a good time. I drank all my hot chocolate. I played my <laughs> stupid hat. I did everything I wanted to do, and I got everyone to talk about shit for at least five seconds. So <laughs> Mission accomplished. It's a fucking success. <laughs> Dude, thank you for joining us. This has been awesome. Of course. My pleasure. Yes, thank you for your thank time. Thank you so much. My thank pleasure. You. Well, guys, we're wrapping up. See us next time on Crypties Family Fun Night. Have a good day, guys.